Hey, this is Matty G, and you're listening to Planning Tips on the EMG Podcast. On this week's episode, planning a short date wedding. You're listening to the EMG Podcast with your hosts, Matty G and Tom Gambuza. All right, all right, all right. Tommy G, welcome back to the At Home EMG Podcast. How are you, my friend? Still at home, my man. Me too. Still uh, at home. Looking good, though. Looking good. Uh, Definitely not as sunny as it was last time we recorded. I see you've got a a lamp on this time. Yeah, you know what? I've been keeping the lamp on. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It provides like a cool ambiance, or should I say a warm ambiance, you know? Oh, I like what you did there. You You went technical on us. Yeah. Uh, we got a pretty good one for you this week. You know, uh, we, we, uh, we're going to have some short day weddings coming up. You know, there, there are definitely people that uh, are going to come out of this and, and want to get hitched and want to do things. You know what? We, we also see an awful lot of short day weddings uh, all year long. Uh, do, do you have a ballpark, Tom, on, on how often we see a short day wedding come across the desk? Uh, yeah, I'm sure everybody has their own definition of it. I would say anything inside of six months. That would be, six- yeah. Six six months is, is your time frame for a yeah. short day. I, I agree with that. You know, it's uh it's not necessarily uh pedal to the metal time, but there's definitely not as much time to to dilly and or dally. No, and you know what? I'm sure, as you said, Maddie, uh, in in the pre-show, we probably expect an uptick in some short dates. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get out of this this little hole, uh, the quarantine that everybody's in. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely going to be some people that uh. That wanna wanna make it happen, if you will. Uh, you know what? Let's just jump right in. We got a we got a pretty good list here. We've got some things. Now, now keep in mind, these are always just guidelines. Um, I, I think the best plan of attack is uh, sitting down, talking to your partner, and and deciding what's best for you. So these are just some tips. But but first and foremost, you know, whatever tips we offer might not necessarily deal with you. Hopefully, hopefully this can give you some inspiration or if you're lost at all, you can always come back to this. But definitely definitely game plan with with your 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 partner on what you think is is the way to go. But, you know, th- this is just what we have in in kind of a a rough order. We we kind of placed it in order of importance, I I think because of time being of the essence. Um I'd say that the first thing you need to do is prioritize, you know, work from the top down. The things that are most important to you, the things that you absolutely have to have, try to lock those down first because then you're going to have a good basis on where to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, this, I think it, uh, this kind of spans the suggestions for all wedding planning. This one's Mm -hmm. really good to start with, but especially if you have a limited amount of time, you're definitely going to want to prioritize the things that are most important to you because, you know, obviously budget's important and uh, is going to play a factor at some point. And you want to be able to make sure that you're, uh, you're allocating your investment properly, right? That's how we always usually shop by value, not by price, but there's always a price tag really associated with everything that you do. And everyone's going to you know, value different things, whether that be your entertainment, whether that be photos, flowers, attire, whatever it is at the top of your list, and then just kind of work top down, like Maddie said. Um, One of the things on this point, Maddie, that I think is important to note is to be flexible. Because being that you do have less time, um, know that you might not have every single option available to you as if you were planning, say, 
you know, a year out, 14 months out, 18 months out. Um, so look, uh, hopefully you do, you do get everything that you want, but make sure that, uh, you know, you take it, the planning with, um, a, a grain of flexibility. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good, good way to put that. You know, um, you know, m- moving down our list, uh, definitely a way to help you with that situation is is trust either your venue or the vendors you're most comfortable working with to fill in those blank spots. Um, yeah, that's know, a good one. If you have a venue that works closely with a certain entertainment company or a certain florist or a limousine company, you know, if you've already booked your photographer and they recommend a florist uh, highly because of how things look, you know, trust the people that you've already put your trust into. If you're going to trust them to be a vendor on your day and time is of the essence, um, you can always use their list of recommended vendors to kind of cut out some of that vetting process, especially because when you talk to a venue or a vendor, they're going to have a handful for each type. You know, you're not going to go to a venue and say, oh, do you have recommended entertainment and get one idea? They're going to have two or three for bands, two or three for DJs. So, you know, right off the bat, that can help you save some time on your vetting. No, that's a, that's a great point because um, a lot of times when it is all you know all these details that you have to pull together and you don't know where to start uh especially at the venue level i mean look we have our own recommended list too but uh any venue you shop with is going to have a preferred vendor list so uh definitely a good place to start but this is something we actually utilize to build out our talent roster and maddie i don't know if you remember we, we spoke about it uh at our dj expo seminar that we gave down in atlantic city last summer oh yeah uh one of the points that we use in order to just work with musicians and talent that we really, really like is uh, something that we call compound our contacts. And if we really like working with a certain musician or a certain DJ event host, whoever it might be that, you know, is somebody that is is on our roster, odds are they're going to know similar circles of people who are like them. You know, same thing with vendors. So if you have a planner that you're working with, or if you have a a venue that you really, really love, um, photographer, whoever it is, odds are you book them for a reason, right? Oh, yeah. Odds are they recommend and they surround themselves with people who have the same business philosophies as they do, the same, uh, you know, approach and transparency to uh, everyone's events. talent level, you know, all these things come into play when you're able to, like I said, compound your contacts. Absolutely. Yeah. Just basically birds of a feather flock together. You know, if, if you're going to like the business practices of a certain vendor, the people that they're most comfortable working with are probably going to have similar beliefs and practices. Yeah. Um, And, and their, and their reputations on the line too for recommending that those, those other people. So it's always, always a good place to start. Yeah. That can be a double whammy. If, if you have a vendor and you recommend another vendor and that vendor uh, takes a dive, that that's bad news on two people. So yeah, people are uh, definitely going to do that. You know what? You, you said something interesting in there. You said, if you're working with a planner, um, that's actually my next point. My next point was to get a planner, especially, but even if yeah. it's only short term, uh, if you go back into our archives of the podcast, you'll see that we had p events in and we had uh, uh, Stacy and Abby in and, and they were discussing with us some things that a lot of people don't know. Um, people tend to think that a planner is, you know, going to hold your hand from very start to very finish. Yep. And, yep. and it, it can be costly if that's something you don't have in your budget. What they told us about was 
There are all sorts of different packages. There are packages that they have that get the ball rolling. There are packages that they have where they only show up day of to make sure that the certain tasks are hit. You know, that way you don't have to micromanage. Um, You can also get yourself a planner for a two-week period. So if you have a short date, that's an awful lot of plates to keep spinning. An outside set of hands that does this professionally might be an excellent way to relieve a little bit of that stress. Yeah, and you know what? Maddie, but funny you brought that up because I didn't, I wasn't aware of how customizable those options are. And what the girls had let us know is that seriously, it, it it's like a case by case basis. There's really no scientific answer to like, yep. oh well, you can only get the two week package, or you can only get the month month out, or or full planning package, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, so, depending on what your needs are, if you find the right planner, you know, you can certainly uh, customize your needs. And uh, that might also speak to the timeline you're on as well. I mean, we're saying, yeah, inside of six months, that's kind of like a general timeline. Oh, yeah. You could be at a a two or three months. Exactly. So your needs are going to be a little bit more um, expedited than, say, someone who is six months, even though it's still, you know, considered a quote unquote short date. But, you know, conversely, just to give you another side of the coin of Maddie's point, if you don't plan on hiring a wedding planner, then use your contact, use your family, use your friends to divide and conquer. Uh, Everybody can pull together and um, essentially take a facet of the wedding that you need planned and then all kind of reconvene, right? You have like, you know, as the bride and groom, they're they're like the team orchestrator, they're the quarterback, they're the manager. And then you have like your department chairs that are going out and each, you know, fetching the information for you you know like mom and dad can help with something maybe your maid of honor and best man can you could test them with something else and get get things done in a little bit more quickly of a fashion than you have to worry about uh doing it all yourself absolutely and and to to that point tom you can even have people start processes for you you can still make final decisions you can still do everything but you know what maybe having mom or dad or a a bridesmaid or a groomsman start the process if there's a hard no well then that's cool right off the bat they've eliminated a, a, a step that you would have to go through you know you don't have to task these people with finishing the project but you can definitely task people with getting you halfway there to help you you know it's if you have a limited amount of time any amount of help is help so don't be afraid to ask for it, even if you don't have them follow all the way through to the finish line. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, I, I found that, you know, when you have a short date, when you have a, a situation um, where either time or money are a factor, using the seasonal situations are very helpful. You know, using seasonal flowers, seasonal decor, it's going to be a lot easier to wrangle. It's going to be a lot more abundant. It's going to be a bit less expensive. And it's also going to have a much quicker turnaround time. If you've got three months and you plan on getting married in the summer and you want, you know, springtime flowers, well, those are the kinds of things that you're going to have to have special ordered or flown in or whatnot. If you stick to the situation that you're in, you know, as far as timeline, you're going to find that things are easier to come across, be it decorations, uh, invitations, flowers, things like that. Yeah. uh, You know, I think the biggest point on this is uh, availability and ease of of getting and having access to uh, whatever is in season, you know, and uh, Maddie, you may have brought this up in, I think you brought this up in pre-show, but it was kind of a, um, and I totally agree, a 
a, a, a temperament of expectations, you know, or a management of your expectations where, uh, you know, you can't color too far outside the lines knowing that your, uh, your time frame is a little bit more limited. So just know that a, but you also get, you get the advantage of that turnaround time. Like you said, you know, you don't have to wait or spin your wheels about, uh, possibly not having something for your day just because you're, you're a little bit more crunched. Absolutely. Um, my last point is kind of logistical, uh, which is something we tend to stick to quite a bit, and we kind of have gone outside that. And I, a I can bit. say, Maddie, this one's probably a little subjective too, but I, I like it. I'm in. It's it's very subjective. Um, again, it circles back to budget. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you yep. know, um, I, I have over invite based on your venue minimum. If you have a short date wedding, a lot of people plan their lives three, four, five, six months in advance these days, you know, with, with Google calendars and, 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 and video chats and all these other things, people really make plans a lot further out than they used to with short date weddings. You're going to have to assume that there's going to be a tick up in the decline. You know, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. We can't make it. We already have plans. We usually float around. You, you usually say 15, I say 10 to 15% on a regular year, 14 16 18 month planning of people that won't make it uh how, how many people do you think or, or what percentage do you think we're looking at when you come to a short date where people have less of an opportunity to make the plan for this as far as those declining yeah normal um normal drop-off rate i'd say we usually suggest is about 15 percent. so mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know what, what would you maybe expect close to double 25 percent uh, yeah I'd somewhere say 25 to 30 percent so yeah you know if you've got a hundred person minimum uh, on on an average wedding you might invite 115 or 120 in this case you might want to invite 130 or 140 because people do make those plans you might not get all the people you want at the party to be able to be there. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a good point. It actually also lets you incorporate uh, more people than you initially thought as well. So there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely a plus on it. So um, those are pretty much our top five pro tips on uh, planning a wedding on a short date, what we're defining as inside of six months. You can also uh, check out our other episode, our timeline. We do have one planning six months out. It's an earlier episode in the feed that Maddie and I did. So you can definitely uh, use that as a resource for you too. And if you are... uh, taking into account possibly hiring a wedding planner, you're definitely going to want to check out our spotlight interview with uh, PE events, Stacy and Abby over there too. Yeah. Um, so Maddie, thank you again for joining me on another week here. Uh, we're going to continue to bring some fire uh, at home being quarantined because we got a lot of podcast time, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> these are, these are contained fires. I don't want to burn the house down. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> All right. We love y'all. Stay tuned. Take care. You can find us at elegantmusicgroup.com or on Instagram at elegantmusicgroup.com.